Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. I'm going to share with you the real underlying cause of abdominal pain. Now, I've never done a video on this specific link, so this might be new information for you. I've had some serious abdominal pain for years, and I searched out everywhere I could to find how to fix it. I've done colon cleanses. I've done combination of enemas and cleanses, and I've been on every single diet to try to fix it. Looking back now, I was simply missing some crucial basing information that I'm, you're going to learn today. Unfortunately, when you go to the doctor right now with abdominal pain, you'll get a diagnosis and then you're going to get management of that symptom, okay? You're, they're going to manage your symptom. There's not going to be a lot of getting to the root cause and fixing it. It's going to be more managing it with a medication. Now, anything that I say is not meant to uh, invalidate your medical doctor. So check with your doctor before doing what I'm going to tell you. Maybe you'll get a diagnosis like biliary dyskinesia which basically means there's sludge in your bile ducts, okay? If things aren't moving, bile is not moving, it's kind of stuck there. And when we're dealing with abdominal pain, we're really dealing with pressure from gas, fluids, fecal matter, or food backing up somewhere, causing pressure in some of the plumbing going on, whether it's from the liver to the gallbladder or the pancreas to the small intestine, or maybe it's in your large intestine. Maybe you get a diagnosis, diabetic gastroparesis, which basically is a fancy term for the nerves are so damaged in your digestive system that everything is very, very slow. So the transit time of food going through these tubes is very sluggish, which is gonna cause a lot of bloating and pain. Maybe you'll get a diagnosis with gastritis or heartburn or acid reflux or indigestion. Or maybe you'll get a diagnosis with gastroesophageal reflux disorder, which means this little valve on the top of the stomach is not closing, so food is kind of backing up through your esophagus. And maybe you're diagnosed with an ulcer. Regardless of what condition you have, there's something very, very simple and very powerful that I'm going to show you. But in order to put things back into place, you have to understand some basic anatomy and where things are in location to your abdomen where you have pain because that'll give you a clue, okay? Okay, I have my friend right here. If we take a look at the abdominal area and we break it down into sections, we have this upper right part right here, you have the middle upper part right here and the left upper part right here, okay? So over here on the right side, you have the liver and the gallbladder and you have the connections, okay? Those are called ducts like your bile ducts, okay? In the center, you have the stomach, okay? And you also have this thing that's crossing over called the pancreas, all right? And then on the left side, you have part of the pancreas, and then you have the spleen over here. And then right in the center right here, you have the small intestine, okay? And it connects to the large intestine that comes up through here, crosses over, and comes down this way. And then in the middle part right here on the right side, Okay, a little lower than the upper part, you have the kidney area, you have in the little connection between the kidney and the bladder, it's called the ureter. 
And then on the left side, you have the kidney over here with the ureter. And of course, right on top of the kidneys, you have the adrenals and they're way back over here. And then in the lower part right here in the center, you have the uterus and you have a prostate in that area. And then if you're female in the lower left and the lower right, you'll have ovaries. So in other words, if you know where you have pain and you know the organs that are connected, then it's pretty easy to kind of narrow it down. The problem is that the pancreas crosses over from not just the left side, but the middle and even the right side. So sometimes it's a little confusing. And sometimes the gallbladder, if there's stones, can cause pain a little lower. And sometimes the kidney stone can cause pain a little bit higher up. So there are certain things you can do to differentiate between the two. But I just wanted to give you a little orientation of where certain organs are located. So the first thing I want to cover, something very, very common, yet it's not well known, okay? And that is this problem in the right upper quadrant right through in here, okay? You have the gallbladder, you have the liver in this area, and I kind of drew a picture out right here. Typically, the symptoms that are related to gallbladder are bloating, burping, and belching, but it can definitely be abdominal distension or pain. So we have the liver here that makes bile, okay? So bile comes down from a little tube through here and gets stored in the gallbladder. And then when you eat, the gallbladder contracts. It's a storage of bile. And now that bile can squeeze into this little tube down here, okay? And go into the small intestine to mix with the food that just came out of the stomach. And then with the help of the pancreas, certain enzymes, specifically lipase, which digest lipids, which can help further break down the fat into smaller particles. So we have this bile that breaks down fat to a certain level, and then the enzyme lipase breaks it down to a smaller levels. So now you can digest and use the fats, as in your fat-soluble vitamins, omega-3 fatty acids, all the fatty acids, okay? So that's those two fluids right there. Now, of course, you can have a gallstone, right? So some people have gallstones, some people don't. But a lot of people have sluggishness within this duct right here. In other words, the bile material is like sludge. And that's an actual medical thing. And it can back up into these tubes and cause tremendous amount of pain uh, that then can refer up to your right shoulder and even the right scapula and the right trap through here. Now, this little duct right here also joins with the, with the pancreatic duct or tube, okay? It joins right here. So a blockage in this area can not only back up material, back up within the liver, causing pain up into the right side, but it can back up into the pancreas, causing pancreatitis or pain that goes in the middle part or even the left side that then can refer to your left shoulder. So it can be a little complex, but this problem is very, very common. And the real cause of this is simply a lack of bile, okay? Because when you add more bile into this area, it dilutes and it makes the bile flow real nicely through there. So the bile that flows through here is combined with bile acids and cholesterol. And so if there's too much cholesterol, and not enough bile acids, then you get this sludge. But when you increase this ratio of more bile acids to the cholesterol, then it can flow. A very good remedy, which I'm gonna cover a little bit more later, is tudka. And tudka is a 
type of bile salt that if you take it in an empty stomach a few times a day, it can open up the flow of this bile and get rid of a lot of pain in this right upper quadrant. I also recommend that when you eat food, you take some bile salts after you eat, not before, because it's alkaline and we don't want to add an alkaline thing before you eat. We add it after, and that'll help the system build up more bile. So you can now have more bile to be able to digest the fats. Now, I will be talking about what originally caused you to be deficient in the bile in the first place, but I want to kind of give you an overview of everything first, okay? All right, so this is very common, okay, this problem on the right side. I had this problem for about 12 years. I had no idea what it was, and boy, did I suffer. And unfortunately, I started taking antacids. And so one of the root causes of a lack of bile, okay, a bile deficiency is having weakened stomach acids. You just don't have enough hydrochloric acid to trigger the bile production. And with me, I was taking all these antacids, right? That then I ended up with a gallbladder problem. So I started out with a stomach issue, okay? A lot of bloating in my stomach. And then I ended up with a gallbladder problem, probably because of the quantity of antacids I was taking at the time. But eventually I ended up with an ulcer. So just so you know, if you have an ulcer, there's a very specific way to correct that. You don't want to add more acid. But typically, the biggest symptom for the stomach, if you don't have enough acid, is indigestion. So you feel like food just is not being processed at this level right in the center right here. So a simple remedy, unless you have an ulcer, is betaine hydrochloride. I will cover that in a little bit, as well as apple cider vinegar. Now, you also have to realize that the stomach has these acid sensors that are connected with the valve on the top. So if the stomach acid is not where it should be, between one and three, which is extremely acid, then this valve won't close, and now you're going to start getting regurgitation, okay? Acid reflux, and you're going to get heartburn, and then eventually you'll get an ulcer. So if you have heartburn or acid reflux or GERD, but no ulcers, you want to take betaine hydrochloride, okay? And you want to take like five of those as a remedy before a meal. And then also apple cider vinegar on a regular basis. If you have an ulcer, you can't take apple cider vinegar or betaine hydrochloride because that's going to make it worse. You want to take something else like chlorophyll and zinc carnosine, okay? That's the remedy for an ulcer. The, one of the best foods for an ulcer is actually cabbage. Cabbage has something in it that can actually heal an ulcer, but zinc also is very effective. Now, if you have problems on the left side right here, the upper quadrant, it could be the pancreas that's coming from this bile sludge, or it could be that you have been eating like junk food and refined foods and cooked foods for many, many years, or you're a diabetic or a pre-diabetic. And because diabetes is a, a problem with the pancreas, not only are you going to have problems with the hormone insulin, but you also have problems with the other part of the pancreas that releases enzymes. So you're not going to be able to release enough enzymes for digestion. So this is why diabetics usually always have digestive issues. I will cover what to do about that. Potentially, you could have a spleen problem if it's on the upper uh, left-hand side, but that's rare. Now, if you have um, pain in the mid part right here or the right part or the left part in the middle part, and this is the belly button right here. So to the right of the belly button, 
the left, right, and the center. Typically, that's going to be some type of inflammation in your gut. And you can label it as irritable bowel syndrome, diverticulitis, celiac. Now, if it's on the right side or left side, potentially it could be a kidney stone. And I'll show you what to do with that. But there's one more thing I want to share with you. There's something called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. This is a situation that usually is caused because you don't have enough stomach acid, okay? And then you have certain microbes that are starting to grow in your small intestine where they really should be mostly in the large intestine. And so now we have this competition with your food where you have these microbes that are eating the food as it comes down and it's producing a lot of gas. One way to know if you have SIBO is that you feel worse. You get more bloating when you take probiotics as well as fiber. So if you do have SIBO, you should not be consuming any fiber. In fact, you should probably go carnivore for a couple months. And the same thing with the IBS because people with inflammation in the colon cannot tolerate a lot of fiber. Now, if you have pain in the abdomen area in the very lower part, that could potentially be a fibroid if you're female or even a prostate enlargement uh, if you're a male. If it's on the right lower quadrant, potentially could be the appendix. That's rare, but it could be. Or it could be just some type of inflammation in the lower right hand of the large intestine. Now, if you go on the lower part on the right side and left side, if you're female, potentially could be an ovary issue. Now, just as a really quick thing, if you have issues with the ovaries or the prostate, one really important thing to eliminate from the diet is milk, okay? Because milk has all sorts of things that can aggravate this because it can swell up the ovaries because it has growth hormones in it. All right, now let's zoom out and take kind of a, an overall view of what's happening and really what's missing, okay? When you go to a doctor for help with with abdominal pain. They definitely do not look at the connection or relationship between various things. And they definitely omit the topic of food, okay? They don't look at your diet enough. That's actually number two in the list. It's not the most important thing, but it's the second most important thing. And there's not a lot of emphasis on that, that important uh, topic with food. But basically that's why we have digestive organs to help you digest food. We have acid coming down from the stomach to help you break down protein. We have bile from the gallbladder that helps you break down fats, enzymes from your pancreas that help you break down carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And we also have enzymes from our small intestine that help break that down as well. In fact, 90% of all the digestion occurs in the small intestine. And then if anything doesn't get digested, primarily fibers, the microbiome, your friendly bacteria, digest it in the large intestine. Now, if you can imagine, let's say you are deficient in hydrochloric acid, you're gonna have heartburn. What are you gonna be given? An antacid. So now we're gonna treat low hydrochloric acid with something to take that last little bit that you have left and remove that. That is going to make everything worse because this is the start of the chain of events that occurs all the way down through here. And so the person ends up taking stronger drugs and more drugs, the more that you're going to create a deficiency in bile salts. So now we don't have enough bile salts. So then all the supplements that you take, like the omega-3 fatty acids, don't get absorbed. You don't get vitamin A, D, E, and K, and we have all sorts of problems. And also one really important thing about bile is the elimination of cholesterol. So now cholesterol kind of just stays up into the liver 
and then you have all and it backs up into the arteries and you create all sorts of issues. So a couple things with the stomach acid. Antacids will deplete your hydrochloric acid. Just aging will deplete your hydrochloric acid. A low salt diet will deplete the hydrochloric acid. And then when we get to bile, what would create a bile deficiency? Well, number one, antacids, right? Number two, not consuming enough fat. The production of bile is stimulated by eating dietary fat. So if you're on a low-fat diet, it's going to dry up the bile salts. Now, you also have uh, gastric bypass surgery would do it. And this right here, when you have a lot of insulin or insulin resistance, you start lowering the bile pool or accumulation or reserve that you have. So that's probably a very common cause. Now, estrogen, let's say you're on birth control pills. Let's say, for example, you're pregnant that's gonna lower your bile salts. This is why women that get pregnant sometimes have gallstones because a gallstone is created from lack of bile. Antacids, I just mentioned that, steroids as in prednisone or cortisone cream, things like that, and also a fatty liver because if you don't have the full function of the liver, you're not gonna produce the bile. Without bile, you get bloating and a lot of pain that goes up on the right side right here and pain on the upper right quadrant right here. Now, by fixing the bile problem, by actually taking bile salts or tudka, a lot of times you'll actually end up uh, helping the pancreas, especially if it's like pancreatitis or there's some problem in this little duct. But the other big problem is people that are consuming too many carbohydrates have burnt out their pancreas or they eat a lot of cooked foods. And what's in raw foods is enzymes. So when you cook everything, especially vegetables, you destroy the enzymes and you force your pancreas to work harder. And of course, here's another uh, big problem, antibiotics. If you had an antibiotic before, it destroys all the good bacteria. And now what happens is you're not gonna have as much help from the microbiome to actually break down the fiber. And you can get all sorts of issues like inflammation and deficiency of bile, because guess what? Your microbiome also makes bile salts. Other common causes of abdominal pain, food allergies, could be dairy, it could be nuts, it could be soy, it could be egg, it could be gluten, okay, that's a real common one. Or you can have a gluten intolerance, or you can have a lactose intolerance in milk, that's the milk sugar, or a gluten intolerance, okay, that's the protein in certain grains, or just sensitivity to certain foods. It's not a true allergy, but your body just reacts to it. Also, certain foods have enzyme inhibitors, okay, especially nuts, okay? When you eat a lot of nuts or peanut butter with enzyme inhibitors, that can irritate the gallbladder as well and create pain underneath the right rib cage. versus if you were to take those nuts and germinate them, okay, soak them in water and dry them out, you'd find a lot less discomfort in the right upper quadrant. Then you have foods that are, have anti-nutrients, and that could be oxalates like in spinach or phytates in the grains or lectins in the nightshade family of vegetables. Some people are more sensitive to these than other people, but it's definitely something to discuss. And then this thing right here is very, very common, consuming things that are inflammatory. And that would be mainly the omega-6 fatty acids. The omega-3 are anti-inflammatory and the omega-6 are inflammatory. So unfortunately, the omega-6 oils 
have replaced the saturated fats as far as the dietary guidelines. So people are consuming massive quantities of soy oil, corn oil, canola, cottonseed oil, and it's creating a lot of inflammation in their guts. And then we get the fiber. Okay, I'm not talking about the fiber from vegetables. I'm talking about the fiber that is in virtually most foods nowadays. They're putting these synthetic fibers in these keto bars, in the keto snacks, in so many foods. They're called functional fibers. They're synthetic fibers. Even a certain type of maltodextrin is a synthetic fiber. You have dextrin itself is a synthetic fiber. Then you have very badly processed fiber like soluble corn fiber, soluble tapioca fiber. All these fibers are really irritating the gut and causing a lot of pain. And you won't know it until you don't eat it anymore. And you'll say, wow, man, my stomach feels so much better. All right. And this is the part you've been waiting for, okay? The number one cause of your abdominal pain is not necessarily what you're eating. It's just that you're eating too frequently. The frequency of eating is literally cramming so much food down our plumbing system that the plumbing doesn't have a chance to process the food. It overwhelms the whole system, never letting the system have a chance to reset or breathe. Our bodies were not designed to graze like a cow that has four stomachs, okay? In fact, I have like, I think eight or nine cows and a cow will graze most of the day and then they will sit down through the day and regurgitate the grass coming up and spend time to rechew it and bring it back. With humans, we don't do that. We're doing snacks through the day and at night, it's a constant eating right after dinner until you go to bed. So the amount of snacking is really the big problem. If you just stop the snacking, I would venture to say 80% of your digestive problems would clear up immediately. And it's called intermittent fasting. All right, number two is all about the foods that you're eating. They're the wrong foods. Grains are the biggest culprit, not just gluten, but grains in general that have all sorts of things that create inflammation in the body, not to mention the seed oils that are connected with the grains. Highly inflammatory, a lot of abdominal pain. You get rid of these and your abdominal pain goes away. And then you have the third main cause, which is a side effect from antibiotics that then leave you with all sorts of problems as a cascade effect, and as well as other medications like and acids. So in summary, if your pain is on the upper right quadrant, you take tutka on an empty stomach, and then you would take bile salts, okay, with your meals. And I'm gonna put all this in the description down below. If your pain is in the middle part right here, betaine hydrochloride, okay, unless you have an ulcer. Then if you have pain on the upper left side, you're gonna need more raw foods, okay? Don't cook your foods as much, and you, it might help to take an enzyme to help you, as well as decrease the insulin with the diet that I'm gonna recommend down below. If you have SIBO, garlic, oregano will help kill the microbes with intermittent fasting, very, very important. If you have a kidney stone, you need a lot of lemon water and to drink at least 2.5 liters of fluid every single day. And that will dilute your urine enough so you really never develop a stone, even if you're susceptible to getting stones. All right, if your pain is in the lower part right here, you need probiotics, you need fermented foods, or if there's a problem with the prostate, uterus, or ovaries, you need to eliminate dairy. 